Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Tracy Vega, who is Director of Marketing and Publicity at Rio Nuevo Publishers. Today we will discuss book publishing and the Latino market. As a native of Arizona, Tracy has spent a life immersed in the diversity of cultures in the American Southwest. She received a B.A. in English and Creative Writing from the University of Arizona. While pursuing her degree, Tracy interned with the University of Arizona Press Marketing Department and got a taste of the publishing industry. Prior to her career in the field of publishing, Tracy's work experience included tending bar, waiting tables, and early intervention for the Arizona Department of Developmental Disabilities. She feels each job has enriched her effectiveness to interact with individuals across the boundaries of ethnicity, socioeconomics, and ability. In 2003, Tracy accepted a position at Rio Nuevo Publishers. During her time as Director of Marketing and Publicity, she has promoted many award-winning books, such as Birds of Prey in the American West, winner of the Mountains and Plains Booksellers Association Best Art Book in 2004, Voice of the Borderlands, winner of the Western Spur Award in Poetry for 2006, and most recently, Yard Full of Sun, the story of Gardner's obsession that got a little out of hand, winner of the American Horticultural Society Book of the Year Award for 2006. She is currently working on Rio Nuevo Publishers' most recent release, A Taco Testimony, Meditations on Family, Food, and Culture, by award-winning author Denise Chavez, and the upcoming title, The Reaper's Line, Life and Death on the Mexican Border. Tracy lives with her son in Tucson, Arizona. Tracy, welcome. Hello. There's so much talk these days about how the Internet is taking over everyone's lives, how it's affecting magazine and newspaper publishing, how young people today aren't reading anymore because they're so busy on the Internet or watching television. What are your thoughts on that? Is, is reading still something that people are engaging in? Oh, I, I believe so. I think that... The Internet has provided a really vast amount of knowledge easily accessible to enhance what you read. I think that the Internet and an actual picking up a book and reading are two very different activities, and the Internet can be very useful for uh, researching books, um, researching topics to find the books that you want. The, the variety of books that are out there, regardless of what genre, whether it's you know biography, autobiography, historical, um, fiction, nonfiction, the purpose behind reading is, is so different than what the Internet research is. I would imagine, and this isn't my specialty, I would imagine that the inter Internet would probably compete more with a library type of, of service versus the actual reading. I think that the Internet is a, a wonderful, wonderful tool. And I, you know, the, the main concern I think that we have with the Internet would be the downloadable books and, and that sort of thing. That would be the direct competition with picking up an actual book. 
Yet when you imagine what time, for instance, at Rio Nuevo, we, we publish visually stimulating books, a lot of photography books, um, books as souvenirs. So you're not going to get the same effect off of a computer than you are as actually holding the book and getting that image in your mind. Are most of your books hard copy books, or do you also publish e-books? Oh, no e-books at all. We only publish hard copy. Now, I understand that publishing as an industry is very competitive. Is it? Is that true? Is it difficult to make inroads with new titles and, and targeting new groups? It is. There's so many different um, types of publishing companies, and as we spoke about, that primarily most of the companies are small independent uh, uh, publishers. So I think each publisher kind of looks at what their niche market is, and, and that is what's going to keep you successful. If you go in and you just start publishing everything and you have no audience that you're really uh, primarily focusing on, you're not going to be able to sell that book. If, if I'm trying to read you know, or sell a history professor a book on uh, something such as like a nonfiction romance novel, you know, unless they like to do that in their spare time, they're not going to do that. So we try and found, we, we tried to find our niche market to see who is going to buy our books, what kind of books they want. We primarily publish in the Southwest, so that's the market that we know. We have a, uh, a distributor. We're an imprint of a distributor, so mainly our primary focus of selling books is to gift shops, museum stores. We don't focus solely on the bookstore itself, but we try and get our books out to a vast majority of people who are here for tourism, uh, people who are interested in the area, uh, say Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, uh, Utah, Nevada. We focus on, on the people whose interests are going to lie in that area. Within that, how many would you say, how many of your topics are reaching out to new audiences, for example, Latino audiences? Well, our first, I, I want to say our first strictly Latino audience book is going to be a taco testimony. We have had other books such as Celebrating Guadalupe, um, different types of books that would we want to reach the Latino market. Uh, a taco testimony has been a, a really, really wonderful experience for us to get to know the Latino market. We are able, you know, with research and a lot of, of questions I've asked just because of the area that I'm in, and I, I grew up in a Latino family, so being able to ask people, what are your interests? What do you read? How do you determine what you want to read? What makes you think you're going to want to get a book? Um, when we market books, whether it's, it's a book uh, that is focusing on the Latino market or, or a book that's focusing on birders or uh, you know natural history type of books, each book has a wonderful ability to be marketed to a wide variety of audiences. For instance, a talk of testimony, we're not simply marketing it to the Latino audience, but we're taking little pieces of each of those chapters and each a little bit of the book that I think that we're going to broaden the horizon of, of who's going to want to read this. And at the same time, once I reach out, say, to the feminist market or to people who only want to read memoir or to the Latino market. We're going to educate all of them and, and kind of open the horizon to understanding the Latino culture. 
would you tell us a little bit more about that in terms of who are the readers of Rio Nuevo Publishers books? Do you have a finger on the pulse of, of your of your specific target audience, which, if I understood correctly, is very specific? You have a pretty good idea of what your topical areas are. Well, we we do have that. We have a, a several different uh, markets that we use and uh, tools that we use to get our book uh, attention. Uh, primarily because we're a small company, we don't do any advertising. Um, and that becomes a bit difficult because we want to get exposure, particularly not just our Southwest region, I, 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 particularly with the Taco Testimony. I would like to branch out nationally with this book because I think it affects so many different cultures and so many different perspectives. The, the Latino culture itself is, is strong. I have such a great respect for their sense of family and their sense of home. And that's really what I think this book portrays. So I, I would like to reach nationally to the largest populations of the Latinos in America. Um, whether it's, you know, they consider themselves Hispanic, they consider themselves Latino or Cuban or Dominican. Uh, anyway, I think that common thread of home, that common thread of understanding and respecting the family, I think that is what is going to make this book really readable to a, a big variety of people. Now, we have tools such as we have, like I mentioned before, Treasure Chest Books, which is our wholesale distributor side, and we our essential audience and our, our customer base is going to be based off of uh, museums and gift shops and places like that. We do have bookstores because, you know, as you know, we support the independent booksellers. But in addition to that, we also want to reach the larger market for, like, for instance, Florida has a very large population. Um, South Texas has a large population of Latinos. We want to broaden that out. And in order to do that, we also have a national distributor through W.W. Norton in New York. They take care of our large book sales, such as Barnes & Noble, Borders, um, places like that. Now, reaching the Latino market is, a lot of it's going to be word of mouth from publications people trust. And like I said, we don't do advertising, so a lot of times what we will do, or, or what I will do, is I always send out for reviews. That That's where we're going to get our major, major um, exposure to the Latino market. So I primarily focus on the people I'm going to send the book review, the books out to for review. For instance, Latina Magazine, um, Hispanic Trends, uh, I've got all the newspapers in the region uh, versus whether it's where the author is from or our area or the major newspapers in you know, certain cities in Florida where they have larger Hispanic populations or Los Angeles. Uh, we, we want to reach our market by what is most populated. And hopefully, I know that as a Hispanic myself, you read what your family kind of reads, and you want to get a better interest in what they are reading and, and be able to discuss it. What types of topics resonate most with Latino audiences from your perspective? From my perspective, I think familiarity and things that make you feel comfortable. Uh, I come from a family, we're all very, very heavy readers. We read constantly, and there's a, you know, it's just like 
I think it's very difficult to say, you know, which which topics appeal most to Latinos because it's as much as it's a, a cultural thing, it's also an independent uh, individual personality preference, and I I don't really like to stereotype what the classic Latino would like because I think we're all individuals and we all enjoy different things. I think this book in particularly has a, a plethora of choices of things that will resonate home and family and values and really kind of make you reach down into your roots and understand more of who you are and respect where you came from. What about the argument that Latinos only read in Spanish? A lot of people are convinced that to reach Latinos, you have to translate or you have to write in Spanish. You know, I'll be perfectly honest. When we first started doing this book, I was concerned because we hadn't done a book that was so focused on that cultural perspective um, that I I was quite concerned. I thought, well, you know, most are they only going to read in Spanish and that? And the more research that I began to do, I, I really started recognizing that, again, to think that, they, that Latinos only read in Spanish is another stereotype. I think that there's a preference uh, of what type of language you want to read in, but I, I think the real strength of the Latino population is their um, ability to be bilingual, but not all are. Um, it's their ability to understand the two languages and to be able to see the beauty of both languages. Uh, also, there's so many, uh, the, the college, the amount of college students who are uh, Hispanic and who are Latinos and are going through and becoming more educated, uh, more financially independent than they were in previous years, and, and really striving. And to me, it, you know, we're going to reach that market. And this type of book kind of brings home, it, it, it brings you back to who you are at, at your core. So I think there's a little bit of Spanish in this book. Um, some of her poetry uh, and occasional words are in Spanish. But, you know, we put a glossary in back in case, you know, we have some people who don't speak Spanish who want to read the book. I think that uh, marketing it to our audience as an English-speaking Hispanic, I, I don't think it has been any more difficult than any other book that we have done. I think that I, I probably myself, because I have very little experience in, well, I have no experience marketing another language, I think that I didn't have very much of a problem trying to figure out how to market this to English-speaking Hispanics. Do you publish any titles in Spanish, or would you consider doing it? Actually, yes. We are, um, we just, uh, We've decided to do a new book we're going to have coming out, I believe it's next August, and it's written by, uh, in this area, a well-known folklorist, Jim Griffith, and he's written several books for us, but uh, he and a gentleman who is a lawyer in Mexico City, Francisco Manzo, he, uh, they have been traveling through Sonora, Mexico, and they're collecting images of essentially the face of Christ through art, and we actually have just recently been talking about possibly making that. It's a primarily a photography book, so we were thinking of making that into a bilingual book so that it could reach a bigger audience as far as appreciating the Hispanic heritage, appreciating Mexico itself and the artwork that has come out of it, and the, the Catholic inspiration and the personability of the artwork. 
How do you decide on the topics, Tracy? You've discussed a, a wide breadth of topics since the beginning of our conversation. Mm-hmm. How do you go about selecting the topics? I know that you mentioned a local interest and, and local ties, but what other criteria do you use to select your topics and your authors? You know, we, we have several different processes that we use. We accept proposals so people would contact us and say, you know, I have this book and I think it would be really good. We, we have a meeting with all of us, all the employees who work here, and we discuss whether or not we think this will sell, whether it's a topic that is going to appeal to the audience that we primarily sell to. Um, uh, there are, because of the souvenir industry in Arizona and in New Mexico and in that area, we choose our topics based on a, we always look at what competing titles are. We don't want to directly compete with the title. We want ours to be unique and, and individual and, and make it as appealing as we possibly can. So we look at that. Uh, authors, you know, fortunately because we are a small company, we are very supportive of the first-time author. So we don't only ask for, you know, a, a well-known, really established author. We really look for people who are interested in the topic, who are, are knowledgeable in the topic, and experts in their field. Uh, it doesn't have to, you know, we, we don't do academic books. We don't, you know, compete with, say, the University of Arizona Press or the University of New Mexico. We really try and keep it a bit more personable, not quite so academic, and we really try to make it visually appealing. Almost entire our entire set of books is a four-color, beautifully illustrated with uh, photographs. We do sometimes vary away. For instance, uh, Voice of the Borderlands, which we mentioned earlier, is a poetry book, and that was the very first time we had done a poetry book. And it has done exceedingly well, much better than we ever anticipated. And we had no experience with poetry. But it, it's such a beautifully well-done book, it was almost impossible for us not to do it. Um, another book that we've kind of strayed from the average is the, our upcoming book, The Reaper's Line. That is a, essentially it's a true crime book written by a, a first-time author, who worked on the border, who was the U.S. Customs Special Agent. And he came to us with this manuscript that was 1,200 pages long. And we thought, oh, my gosh, we can never do it. It is, it is raw, and it is a, a, occasionally it is a bit crude, but it is very brutally honest. And I think that, fortunately for us, it's been very timely. Um, the topic of immigration and of of the border wall that's going to be going up essentially in our backyard. I mean, that I don't believe we anticipated it was going to have as much interest as it does have. But you know, the the opportunity to do it was there, and we just we grasped it and we took it and we ran with it, and we're really excited about it. So the way we determine is we kind of just all talk about it and decide whether or not we think it's going to sell. <laughs> There's not much rocket science, and except for the research as to what our our title profit sort of bottom line is going to be. For someone who's listening who is thinking about writing a book, mm-hmm. uh, there are a lot of people, at least I hear about a lot of people, who have a book project in mind. What criteria 
would you say you look for? What kinds of tips or suggestions would you give them to keep in mind so that they're realistic in their expectations when they go to look for a publisher? I think particularly uh, a first-time author, I, I, I think established authors have a little, a little more leeway. What we like when we receive a proposal is there's several bits of information we need. We need to know why the author knows about this. It, it, are they credible? Are they established? Um, whether it's, you know, they know about the Grand Canyon because they've been hiking in it for 30 years, or whether it's because they are really well-known in the birding community because they work in a national park. Um, we would need to know that. Um, ideally, we would also like a table of contents page. What, what, is, this, what is this book going to cover? What is the range? Uh, a writing sample, say the first chapter, so that we can get an idea of whether this is going to be a book we can publish or this is going to be a book that is out of our field and out of our interest area for consumers, or it's going to be a book that if we do enjoy it, is this going to be a book we're going to have to heavily edit? because, you know, of spelling corrections. How thorough are they going to be? Um, it's difficult when we get a proposal that does not have those at least those three components. Who is the author? Why does it make you knowledgeable? What are the topics that are going to be on the book? And at least one sample chapter. That will give us more information so when we do sit down and say, hey, we really like this book. Uh, also, on that table of contents, you could list competing books. And, you know, this is a similar book to this, this, and this, but this is how I'm going to make it different. And the making it different is what we're in especially interested in. Is marketing a Latino-themed book or a book that might be of particular interest to Latino audiences very different to marketing other books in your portfolio. It is. Uh, when you're marketing to a Latino audience, you're marketing to essentially a culture versus the standard average Joe who's buying a souvenir book or buying a book to learn about birds or cactus. When you're marketing to a culture, it's almost an invisible entity that is very solid, but you can't quite see it. So it has been quite a learning experience to try and understand. You have to be very careful and very um, conscientious of the way your terminology and, and what you're saying you are selling to the Latino. I can't, you know, for instance, there's someone who told me once, well, I, I'm not Hispanic, I'm Chicana. And you're, you know, to me, I, I view them as the same, but obviously to that person it's different. So you have to be very conscientious of, of what you are marketing and what you are selling. What we're selling in the taco testimony, in a taco testimony, is it's not a cookbook. It says meditations on family, food, and culture, but we have to be careful people don't automatically assume it's a cookbook on Mexican food. What it is is, is a memoir and a remembrance and a respect for the family that you come from and how you blossom into the person you, you are, so to speak. Um, Marketing to a culture includes so much more than wanting to sell to a souvenir or wanting to sell a line of poetry. It's a, an entirely different market. It's not so much appealing to someone's likes or dislikes as much as to the core of, of who they are and how they got to where they are. 
What are some of the tools that are specific to the Latino market that you're able to take advantage of in positioning your titles? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I first began researching, I'll tell you the most wonderful tool was just um, the Internet as far as the, the U.S. Census Bureau. Um, finding that just there's a, a map that they have on there that was really wonderful, and it gives a very detailed, specific map of where the largest populations of Hispanic are in the United States. Um, and in different colors, very heavily populated, 50 or more, is in dark blue, and then you get lighter, 25 to 49 percent, and in a lighter blue. So it was very, very detailed, and that kind of started me off. They also gave me a list of regions of where the, the Hispanic population was in 1990 versus in 2000. Um, you know, for instance, I'm going to say Arizona. In Arizona, in 1990, the total population or Hispanic population in a percentage was 18.8%. Um, Hispanic population in 2000 was at 25.3%. So it gives me kind of a, a general range of where the biggest populations are growing and which market we're going to reach faster. Uh, then I also uh, I found a book online, See, and, and this is, again, where the Internet comes in very handy, is I, I could not figure out how to find how to learn more information on marketing to essentially a culture. And I, I was doing a lot of research trying to figure it out. Now I have books on how to market books and how to market, you know, souvenirs and how to market this, but trying to find a, uh, some information on how to market to a culture. And I found this wonderful book that I bought, and it, it was a, a really new release. It's The Hispanic Marketing, A Cultural Perspective. Um, and it's written by two professors, I believe, from the university or uh, Florida State University. And I have really the information, the statistics, the uh, different different information as far as assimilation, acculturalization, um, a lot of different things that have been in this book, and that started me off on trying to figure out where I was going to be able to sell the book. Then I went and got several other books. Uh, Marketing to Hispanics, uh, Reaching the Hispanic Market Effectively, Successful Marketing to U.S. Hispanics and Asians. Um, a lot of it was similar information, and a lot of it kind of reiterated itself, but in a general consensus, it really taught me how to view marketing to Latinos versus how to view marketing, you know, selling a car to everybody or, you know, selling this, that, or the other thing. It really showed me that you have to know the culture before you can really sell to the people. What have been some of the most challenging aspects of reaching out to Latino audiences? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, the most challenging, I think probably one of the hardest things is trying, and, and I have to say this is probably all across the board, not just to the Hispanic audiences, but is getting the book out there. Like I said, we do not advertise. So we, everything we do is based solely on publicity. And there are very small um, newspapers that will run reviews and that sort of thing, but getting into the large magazines and getting into the national publications has been a little bit more difficult. And you really have to be persistent, and it's, very, it's a very fine line of being a nag 
and, and being successful at what you're going to do. So I think that that's probably the hardest, particularly because you are marketing to a culture. It's not just one person. It's not one item. It's, it's to what the essence of a person. What have been some of the most rewarding aspects of marketing a Latino-themed title? You know, I have to say that the book itself has been absolutely the most rewarding for me. Um, when I first read the book, I really was touched by the honesty in it and and just how familiar it was for me. Not that I had the same experiences, not that I... I did all the things or had, you know, the father and the mother that she had or the sisters. Mostly it was to me, it was just a feeling of home when I read it. When she's talking about the the tenita, the, the lard, the huge lard in a can on the stove. And that, I, I remember that from my grandmother. And to me the most rewarding thing has been just, I find that when you're marketing something, if you believe in the product you're marketing in, you're going to do so much better than if it's just, you know, your average item and you don't really care about it and you don't really feel it. And to me, the most rewarding thing has been the book itself. It has really brought home my my upbringing and my family, and it has made me respect so much of what I have become from that. So to me, it's a very personal aspect and a personal joy to actually work on this book. How have the Latino audiences because they're so diverse, as you were saying earlier. How have Latino audiences responded to the book? If, do you have any feedback yet? Um, I have had a bit. I've had a few reviews so far. Like I, you know, the, the book just recently came out with a, the last month and a half, and sometimes reviews take quite a long time. The people who have gotten it have truly loved it. I think we had one review that wasn't um, 100%, but at the same time, I believe she went into the book looking at it as a cookbook. So I, I think the way you're going to look at the book and the, what you're expecting to receive out of it is really going to uh, generally affect how you read the book. It's not a cookbook. It is a piece of literature about a memoir about a family that struggled financially and a family that didn't always get along, an alcoholic father, you know, a school teacher mother along the U.S.-Mexican border. and. Most of the people who have read it and the, the feedback that I have gotten is that it, it really has brought home their family and really kind of united them in a way. But it's also just a real touching memoir that makes you appreciate the things that you have. So, so far, 99% of everything I have read has been really positive and really something that is enjoyable. What's next? What's Rio Nuevo going to do next to reach out to other Latinos who have liked and, and bought the book? Are you going to continue pursuing that audience, in other words? Yes, I, I absolutely. It, my opinion is I have been, for quite a couple of years now, I've been saying we really need to reach the Latino market. Um, hopefully, I'm hoping because we did this book, that we are going to get more Latino authors interested in our company and uh, wanting to work with us. Uh, I'm also hoping that we can kind of open up the cultural perspective of the Latino market and kind of help to educate America on the diversity and the, the beautiful 
culture that is the Latino um, family and, and tradition, I think that that's something particular. I mean, this is my opinion, but particularly at this day and age when we're having such an issue with all the politics and the bureaucracy and, and the no immigration, you know, close up the border and things like that, I think that we're losing touch of why America is America. And I think that bringing Hispanic, you know, some of the, the Mexicans in or if the, the Cubans or the Puerto Ricans are coming in, they're adding so much diversity and so what, what a rich culture to bring here and to inspire those of us who are not real close to our families and not really oriented around each other. I think it brings back a lot of the familiar tradition and really makes you think about what's important in your life. And I don't think we should... We should not let them come in. I think we need to understand why they are remarkable and why they enrich America. On what basis will you decide whether you're going to have other titles similar to this one targeting a similar segment of the market? How will you determine if this was a successful project? That, we won't know that for probably a couple of years. Um, we know that right now, after a month and a half, like I said, I have had quite a few reviews, and we will probably ha I got a phone call this morning saying there was one coming out in March. So the longevity of a project, as far as how frequently it is going to get attention, it's not just a big boom in one month, but it's actually something that is spread out over a year or two years. It's the intention and the purpose is to continually market the book even though it's not a brand new book. So it's something that as far as sales and what our projections are on how it's going to sell, this was something we really weren't sure for because it was it, it's such a new market for us, particularly because it's a memoir. We don't typically do memoirs. So it was kind of a risk for us, but we're, we're already seeing results as the sales are very, very nicely done right now and, and people are enjoying it. Um, but in all honesty, we won't know how successful the book is for a while. What makes a successful title, Tracy? In a big picture way, obviously, different genres are going to have mm -hmm. different benchmarks. But in general, what would you say makes a book successful in terms of sales? For, for our company, if we sold 5,000 copies in one year from the release date, we would consider that a a fairly successful book. It, that That's a pretty good book for us um, because of the type of books that we do. We, we usually estimate we're going to sell between, say, 2500 to 3500 a year, and that's hoping for good. Well, if we sell out of 5000 in one year or in less than a year, it's a successful book for us. What would you say to marketers who are listening to our conversation who are interested in pursuing the Latino market and who are unsure, as you were when you started the project, about whether it's a desirable English language market, what three tips would you share with them? Do your research and, uh, and do your best to understand the culture and have a respect for that culture. That's one. <laughs> if you don't respect the people you're trying to sell for, you're not going to sell the book or the item. Two, I would have to say that you have to enjoy the product that you're selling. If we're going to do a dry 
book that's just going to be all about, say, the, you know, the, the paper flower. And it is, you know, it might be real pretty, but I'm not going to believe in it as much as something. I'm going to say, you know what, this is, you're going to come home with this, and you're going to feel it. You're going to understand it. Um, you want to stand behind your product. If you believe in it, the book is going to be a bigger success than it would otherwise. And lastly, I would say just continually read. Keep up um, on the logistics and on what the trends are, regardless of whether it's a Latino market or anything. Keeping up on the industry news, keeping up on the different types of publications that are out there and the type of people you can work with. And making sure that you approach the people who are going to provide the service of, for instance, for us, it would be a book review. You need to be respectful, but at the same time, you need to be diligent in, in reaching them. And that, that's probably the hardest thing to balance. Thank you, Tracy, for joining us today. Thank you so much. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Tracy Vega, Director of Marketing and Publicity at Rio Nuevo Publishers, brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your comments, suggestions, questions, or ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at hispanicmpr.com. That's editor at hispanicmpr.com. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. That's www.hispanicmpr.com.